Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. just means it didn't happen yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen it means it's not going to happen yet I tried to look I went upstairs before um, I've got a little folder of, of things from over the years and, um, and I was looking because when I was in Maidstone there was a group of people who came in who didn't know me at all from a different church and they came to us as a, as a staff team and started to uh, pray for us all and somebody recorded it and it was transcribed and I was thinking about some of the things that one of them in particular said and I was thinking that was 23 years ago and I'm just seeing some of the things now that were spoken then and uh, God's not in a rush. I don't know if he's got a watch. I don't know if he's got a calendar. But he's not in a rush. He's not fretting. He's not nervous. He's, um, it's his time. And sometimes he takes his time. He invented time. He's not stuck by time. He's not on the clock. He's, eternity isn't trapped by time. Eternity isn't dictated to by time. So Lord, as we come and look at your word now, we, we pray that you would help us to keep in step with the Spirit. Not to go too fast, not to go too slow, but to keep in step with you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. I put a little thing on Facebook just to remind people about an hour ago from Habakkuk. How do you say Habakkuk? Everybody turns to the person next to you and say Habakkuk. Does that sound all right to you? In that case, be confident. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Ha, ba. No, Habakkuk. Should we stick with that? Habakkuk, chapter two, says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. He's talking about a vision and how he will answer my complaint, which is his prayer. Then the Lord said to me, when? After he'd waited. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. It's like, Maybe he had an idea before, but he didn't have God's idea. And in waiting, he gets to see and hear what God has in store. The correct message. And write it down, he's saying. I think this is important. It shows we value the word of the Lord when we take time to be able to, to make notes, to take a note of it. And it literally is take note of what the Lord is saying. Because I'm... I'm I, I'm so bad at that. This, like, the, there are things God has said to me that I would put on paper somewhere and I don't know where it is. I need to get better at that. I need to, Zoe's way better. Zoe's got journals with all kinds of promises and things like that. And she just sees them. And, and I think she sees more of them because she takes care of them. 
The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. Hands up if you love waiting patiently. Come on, hurry up. (laughs) Nobody does. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. You're like, no, it is being delayed. (laughs) But it won't be. Hmm. take a minute let that word speak to you again what have you been waiting for have you been waiting patiently just because you're waiting doesn't mean you're waiting patiently I know I I can wait impatiently no we want to write down what you said to us uh, so we can bring it back to you and we can say you said this you can pray back your word We can ask you. Lord, fulfill it. It might seem slow. But Lord, thank you that there's things that are just another turn of the page away. There's just, it's going to happen. We want to trust you. Increase our faith. So the timing of a prophecy, I'm going into the notes now by Mark Isles, is probably one of the most important areas in the interpretation of prophecy. It's important for the person sharing the prophecy to be accurate about the time scale if they know what it is and to be honest if they don't. Prophecies are often given with no reference to time scale and that can be an easy mistake then to assume it means it's a word for today. Just because it's a word from God doesn't mean it's a word for today. While considerable effort is often expended on the meaning and significance of a prophecy, understanding the timing is equally, if not more, important. Because it could be really true and really accurate, but not yet. The primary principle here is to match your current level of anointing with the level of detail you're delivering in your prophecies and not any more. So often we keep coming back to this. There can be this thing when you try to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit where out of love, you, I don't know, you want to make something happen. You want to kind of and add your bit to strengthen it or something like that. And it's like, no, that's your bit. Better not add your bit. Better go with God's bit and then shut up than me add my bit and especially if that's the bit they remember. Too many prophecies have caused all kinds of trouble because while they did happen, it was not on the day or the date 
that had been predicted. Declaring a level of predictive capacity beyond our gifting is pride. Abraham's story contains a great example of how a lack of appreciation about the timing of a prophecy can lead to disaster in our lives. We know God promised a son to Abraham. Count the stars, look down at, count the grains of sand. And he said it's going to be that Sarah's going to have a son. He didn't just say you're going to have a son. He said Sarah's going to have a son. But Abraham tried to work it himself. And that's where you get this phrase about having an Ishmael. It's the thing that you make happen that God didn't make happen. And in the end, yeah, God did bless Ishmael because he's a blesser. But he said, he's not going to be the child of the promise. The blessings aren't going to come through Ishmael. They're going to come through Isaac. So we need to understand the difference between spiritual timing and physical timing. Prophecy is about seeing something in the spiritual realm and declaring it from heaven for the earth, but it may take time for the earth to catch up with what heaven is declaring and saying. So some of the examples that he gives, I'm going to try and cut this short, is he doesn't, he talks about Saul If you remember, there's an occasion when Saul has stepped outside of his boundaries. He is anointed as the king. He's not meant to be the person, he's not meant to be the priest. But he steps in, and in order to placate the people and keep them happy and to try and get something going, he ends up making sacrifices before the Lord, which you might think, well, that's a fair enough thing to do. He's not like sinning, is he? But because he's stepping outside of the boundaries of what God has told him to do, in order to be able to look good in front of the people, we find out, Samuel comes to him and says to him, now and today the kingdom has been torn from you. If you remember, he, he grabs hold of his robe and you know, it's like, and he tears the robe. And he says, that's the same thing God's going to do to you. He's going to tear the kingdom away from you. And as he says, now and today it's done. And it was spiritually, but it was decades until physically it happened. Again, there's this difference between spiritual declaration and that's prophetic timing, if you like. Samuel anointed David as king of Israel a long time after, uh, uh, well, a little, a little while afterwards, he anointed him. But again, he didn't get to wear the crown until he'd gone through some processes, until he'd learned to be able to wear it. So there's two people walking around. One of them looks like the king, but he's not. And he's attacking another one who looks like um, a servant, but he's actually the king. Because what heaven sees and what we see are not always the same. And then later, 
1 Samuel chapter 28, Samuel speaks to Saul in some weird vision when he goes to see the witch of Endor because he's finally got so away from God that rather than going to God for direction, he even goes to a spiritualist, to a medium, and then Samuel does appear, which doesn't mean that you should go to a medium because the medium is shocked and amazed that she can actually see, that Samuel does appear and says, tomorrow you and your, your line are done. And it is tomorrow on that occasion. Because Saul dies and so does Jonathan. So these are two things that can help us when we're thinking about prophecy, stop us from tripping ourselves up. The first one is that the fulfillment of prophecy is dependent sometimes on preceding preparation. There's like some training that God wants to do maybe in us. He wants to get something ready or he wants to get us ready. He wants to equip us to be ready for that. So some of those words that were given over me, like I was saying when I was in Maidstone, they were, they were way too big for me then. I wasn't ready for them then. If I'd have stepped into those things then, it would have messed me up. God had to get me ready for the words to be fulfilled. There was preparation and the next thing was, they couldn't have happened if I stayed in Maidstone. So he moved me into different places. And as he moved me, he grew me. Because sometimes we can think, well, I'm ready now. And God says, no, you're not ready now. Because you're not ready in here. Or that isn't the right place for you. That's not where that plant's going to grow. We're going to take you and we'll move you into something else. Or maybe your job needs to change or your location needs to change. When you're in the right place, that's when you'll see the, the prophecy fulfilled. And that doesn't mean we, we've got to move around and go, oh Lord, is this it, is this it? But it's just, it's just that suddenly one day you look back and you go, oh right, that's why I'm here. That wasn't an accident. It was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. God is never in a hurry. God is always on time. Another significant interpretation that all ties in with this, which... Mark Isles mentions is, is that we've got to think about the way in which images and symbols need to be interpreted in prophecy. The Bible, as we know, is full of images, full of symbols. And we can hear something, somebody can bring you a word, and you can think, oh, it means this, but it doesn't mean that, it's a symbol. So you don't have to just take it literally because it's not meant to be taken literally, it's an image. What you've got to do is think about it what you've got to do is pray about it. What you've got to do is bring it to the Bible and look and think, well, does the Bible say something similar? That's what I often do. People come to me with, with dream interpretation a lot. And I believe, I, by the grace of God, I can interpret dreams. And I've never had a problem with it since I became a Christian. People come to me with dreams. I know what they're about 99 times out of 100. And the reason is two things. Number one, because I know my Bible. And that is the key. It isn't go and get some book of Jungian psychology and say, oh, this is what means this and this means that. No, look in the Bible. And the other two is, I know how parables work. Because the kingdom of heaven is like. 
is how Jesus started parable, uh, the parables. So in the same way, so many prophetic things, including dreams, are keys to the kingdom of heaven and they are like this. They're not this. Just because, you know, somebody gives you a prophecy about a rainbow doesn't mean that um, you need to start wearing multi, multiple colours <laughs> or whatever. It, it, it ain't necessarily that literal. It's a picture. It maybe means, what does the rainbow signify in the Old Testament? Promise, not judgment. Grace, grace is coming your way. Mercy, God's got some mercy lined up for you. There's a new day, it's the end of one season because what did it come after? Noah. Now there's something new coming. So that's, that's what it's meant, meant to do but we can get so stuck on the rainbow we end up going getting our hair done different colours or something because we don't realise it's an image, it's a symbol it's a parable. It's a picture. The Bible's full of images and symbols and you have to, we have to listen to be able to, to interpret that. You know, a, a great example of that would be from Ezekiel, chapter 47. Uh, Ezekiel 47. You know this passage. Mm-mm-mm. It's when um, Elijah comes to Mount Horeb and God said to him to come out of his cave and stand in his presence. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, sorry, wrong one. It's not Ezekiel 47. First Kings 19. <laughs> First Kings 19. We'll come back to Ezekiel 47. He says to him to come out of the cave. And he says, go and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. Such a terrible blast, the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. They're all symbols of ways in which God does reveal himself. You look in the Bible, you're going to find God revealing himself in wind. He's going to reveal himself in fires and in earthquakes. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the Lord was in that gentle whisper. That earlier version talk about the still small voice. Now, that doesn't mean that he's always going to appear as a still small voice. Just on this occasion, that was how he was revealing himself. And Elijah had to come into that place to be able to hear him in that still small voice. And... Um, and it's an important lesson that we have to learn about the interpreting images of being able to see things, not necessarily literally, not as they are, but as God says they are. So if, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 1, you might remember that, um, that occasion in Jeremiah when, when God's telling him, you've been called to be a prophet and he's kind of setting him up to get him ready for, for a prophetic ministry which God has prepared him for or been getting him ready to start since before he was even born he's had this destiny 
and verse 11. The Lord said to me, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, that's right. And it means I'm watching. What does that mean? Well, the, the word for almond tree the word is a similar word for watching. It's like God's messing about. You know? It's like, it's like, it's like you know, what do you see? I see a pine tree. Yeah. I'm pining <laughs> for something to happen. That's what God's doing. It's like, but he could think, oh, it's about an almond tree and get an almond tree sewn on his clothes and all that. It's like, no, there's an image. Don't get stuck on it. James Ryle wrote a great book called The Hippo in the Garden, all about prophecy. He, he's dead now, unfortunately. He's an amazing guy. Well, he, he's happy. He's, in, he's with the Lord. But this book about prophecy is fantastic. The Hippo in the Garden. I remember hearing him speak on prophecy and uh, he said that he'd been praying and God showed him a pig, a picture, like a pig, really clear. And he said, right, okay, Lord, don't tell me. I'm going to work this one out myself. Right, pig, Bible. Think about the pigs in the Bible. Okay. Hmm. It says in Proverbs, a woman without discretion is like a um, it's like putting a, a, a ring in the nose of a pig. Is that it? Am I going to meet an indiscreet woman today? Are you going to show me something? Uh, no, that's not it, is it? All right, Lord. Oh, what is it? Uh, do not cast me your pearls before swine. That's it. That's it. Am I going to meet some people today? I'm going to go and teach you this thing and I might as well not bother because I'm just going to be throwing my pearls before swine. Is that what you're saying? No. Just sat there a bit longer. Couldn't think. What is it? What are you trying to show me, Lord? What are you trying to show me? What was the, you gave me that vision. After a bit, he's like, Lord, I'm really sorry for just trying to work this out without you. I'd rather work it out with you, with your Holy Spirit. Would you be gracious enough? Show it me again. Closes his eyes in praying. And then he sees the pig. And he notices this time the pig is carrying a sign. And it says, don't get distracted. I love that story and I won't read Ezekiel chapter 47 because I fluffed it before anyway but, but what basically in that you've got a river and that's all he starts out with if you remember he goes to the temple he sees this river that's starting to flow but then as he follows the river he starts to get all this detail about what's happening in all of these trees that are growing up and he sees life coming wherever it touches and things that are changing but what he doesn't do he doesn't just get stuck by the temple where the river starts and spend all of his time looking at that he follows the flow of the river and this is what we have to do in, in terms of prophetic ministry is, is, we, is to get in the flow get in the anointing of God and, letting the, and just trusting God's going to show me something and then that's going to flow into something else and into something else and into something else and, and we believe that that's what he does um, when the anointing starts to flow and he gives us in, increasing detail to take us further into what he wants to happen and it comes over time it takes time it doesn't it's not God isn't in a rush so we have to give ourselves time sometimes I feel like with prophecy we want it to happen now 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 it's like I want a word from God and I want it now and actually God isn't necessarily rushing it he wants it he wants the ministry to come from a place of rest 
just, you know, there's very rarely does a prophetic word have to be now. Unless it's like some real terrible warning. Usually, it takes time to pray it in. It's like you can have, I was, when I was praying about this in the worship before, here's what I felt the Lord say. You can, have an, you can have the egg or you can have the chicken. Which came first. So, do we want the egg? Or do we want the chicken? I want the chicken. Have the chicken, you get lots of eggs. So, we're going to uh, invite the band to come up. And um, we're going to spend a little bit of time. And... I was thinking about this, preparing it, and I thought if I tell people this before it happens, it's one of those things that people might not come, so I didn't tell you. What we're going to do is invite everybody to stand. If you're able to stand, stand, stretch, and realise I haven't got as much room as I need. Say to the person next to you, I need more room than this. So then, what I'm going to ask you to do is find a space. Move out here, move chairs out if we need to. Everybody find a good bit of space. Everybody needs a bit of space. Say to the people around you, excuse me, I'm moving, I need more space. Don't hem me in. That's it. Everybody got a space? You need to be able to do that and not hit anybody. Can you do that? Great. Probably best not to be in where the chairs are for the next bit and still do it. That's it. Move away from the chairs. It won't work if you're in the chairs. Unlikely to work where the chairs are. Because what I'm going to ask you now to do, everybody, is lie down. Lie down on the floor, on your back. Now, years ago, when the Holy Spirit was really, would come in a, in a room, in a place, there's this thing where people had to go round, and people would go around and they'd lay hands on people and they'd fall on the floor. And we don't want to do that. Why should God have to push you over? Why should God have to make you lie down in green pastures? <laughs> it's all right to lie down and rest so I encourage you to just just be there for a minute close your eyes if it helps and just start to pray and it could be as we're worshipping and it's just the band start to play it in a few minutes because you know when, the, when David would play it's like the spirit the enemy spirit would go and the spirit of the Lord would come and there's something about an anointing increasing and an interpretation it could just be you start off with you get a little bit of a picture of something or a thought or a word and then what you do is you overthink it this is what I do I start to overthink it and I think oh no I need something different to that but actually, that's just like the front door of the house. And then, and then as, you, as you hold on to it and as you ask the Lord for more, he starts to show you something more. Maybe more about that or maybe something a bit different. But he, he wants to speak to us. Lord, thank you that you are here in spirit and in truth. And you want us to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you that we are your children. And we should have the expectation of being able to hear from you. 
and we're not going to rush this but we're going to take a little bit of time and say come Holy Spirit in this place come Holy Spirit while you're lying there maybe quietly if you if you have the gift of tongues you can you can pray in tongues I, I was reading a, a little word study this week it said in it says uh, have you ever he who speaks in tongues edifies himself and that word edify you could do a modern translation of it and it actually is like charge like you charge the phone up you build your spirit up by speaking in tongues it's just one way we can do that thank you Jesus you are here everything's okay nothing to worry about fear can go in the name of Jesus your peace and your life and your light is taking over and is drawing close to us now as we open our hearts and our minds to you. Lord, thank you that there is no other spirit that's allowed here except your Holy Spirit. We don't want to hear or receive from anything except your truth. Thank you as we've proclaimed your word. You, you do speak and you will speak to us. taking time for contemplation for reflection busy lives rushing I'm going to stop talking in a minute but last picture is like in the car I've got some chewy sweets and they're rock hard when I put them in my mouth and I don't really like them when they're like that but then as I just letting them be in my mouth a bit and chew they soften up and you get all the flavour starts to come out of them so Lord thank you for your word we want to chew on what you have to say to us we don't have to make anything happen or force anything we're just going to spend a few moments Resting and trusting our Heavenly Father. sense somebody just had like one word and you're thinking well that's not much the Bible talks about a word of knowledge and we can make that into something big it doesn't have to be big it could be one word that word is for you chew on it
hearts here, Lord. Thank you that you're moving among us and ministering to us. Thank you for your ministering spirits, angels, flames of fire. Coming to bring your healing, your word, your encouragement, your help. Thank you, Lord, you're here. Just believe the Lord's bringing clarity for callings for some people. Things you've been, things you've been wondering about, and actually that it's not a contradiction to the things that I've said to say that for some of the people you've been, you've been feeling like maybe God has been delaying and and getting things ready for you, but. I do believe that for some people there is a now word and there is a now time and there's a he's here he's saying he's gonna he's been getting you prepared and the situation prepared but get ready Keep, he's been getting you ready now get ready to see it he's been watching over his word and it will be fulfilled thank you Lord you're ready now we weren't ready before it wasn't that he wasn't ready, it was that you weren't ready. But now you're ready. Just listen to that still small voice a little while longer.
replied and said, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, that's right. It means I'm watching and I will certainly carry out all my plans. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.